right, here we are. I think it's after Porter 38, right? Hot diggity damn. Better late than never. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been a while. And we could tell because it's taken us an hour of talking to get to start recording. <laughs> yeah, you know. Is that usual. it? Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> we had to cross a river. It was hard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, we did have some delays. There's some family stuff I was going through. Uh, so when you're hearing this, I think, what, this comes out on the 11th? Yeah. And then back on schedule, ideally. Yep, so uh, Emily was uh, good enough to listen to all the episodes back so she can lead us through this after party. It never goes well when I try and lead. Well, I'll take over. That's why we like it. <laughs> Chaos. I was going to say. Well, it starts with Dreg teleporting everybody except me. Wait, wait, wait. Are you going to go over the title of the episodes? John usually has that oh, ready, yeah. right, really right at the top, oh. Emily. Yeah, Session okay. 112 called Chapter 3 Begins. Mm. So creative. That is the wow. most accurate title we have ever. <laughs> That's right. That's spot on. <laughs> wow. Creative And genius. it starts with Dreg teleporting everybody away from me. That's right. Leaving me behind. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Dreg is such a jerk. What an asshole. <laughs> I think he's a sharp Who told fella. him to do that? <laughs> Where does his allegiances really lie? We will never know. We'll know. He's a deep sire. <laughs> and during the teleport, Falzerin briefly heard Alamar's voice. Oh, we call yeah. that foreshadowing. And you went to the keep, and Shaft tried to convince the others that it was all part of the plan, and right. I, being Shakara, knew what was going to happen, and I was fine with it. And did you know what was going to happen, and were you fine with it? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I would argue, and I, mm-hmm. and I will yeah. to uh-huh. some extent, <laughs> yeah. that you did mention prior that you would join the coven to get the scapulate off of Falzerin. And while we were in talking to Isabella... She said it in private, though. You didn't hear that. No, she said it in the... uh, When we were sleeping, or when we were in the tiny hut, I believe. Said it to Sparky when you guys were sleeping, and you didn't hear me. You shouldn't Mm. have heard her. But I did say to Isabella in front of you some things. Absolutely. Very clearly. You were actually... You and me were arguing over who was most uh, the better person to be put into the coven, actually. Not exactly what we were arguing about, and I think it was more two powerful people butting heads to be top dog. Oh, yeah, I didn't want in the coven. And I did, and at that time, I didn't particularly want in the coven either. It was more, I wanted to be more powerful than Mia. Essentially, there's, <laughs> and we can get into all this, but there's two reasons that Shaft wanted to leave Shakara behind. He doesn't trust her because he thinks she's in to join the coven for the power, and secondarily, when we saw uh, sort of a happenstance, we saw that Alamar was actually uh, Sardos. Time to get the hell out of there. So, boom. We're gone. Yeah, you left me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's the thing. If you decided that you wanted to still be a, uh, in alliance with us, what better way to get information on what she's trying to do? Than to stay. It's not like I could say, hey, Shakara, play along with her, and later on we'll uh, we'll hook up in the middle of that uh, little interchange with Isabella, right? And as far as you knew, that's what I was going to do. Could be. Okay, anyway, so you teleport away and leave me behind. That's right. And you go to the keep. 
Knowledge Center. That's what I meant. You went to the Knowledge Center because that's where Dreg took you. And, and uh, you went to look for Grimby. And you want to, Drag wanted to check on the anchors, which were now weapons. Right. Yes. Yes. Oh, Grimby. And everything goes swimmingly. Where the uh-huh. hell is Chum? Uh-huh. Where is Chum? I mean, Chum, I mean, he could barely just uh, walk, right? He's, <laughs> yeah, he's so feeble-minded. Somebody has to be leading him around, right? Right. It wasn't yeah. like, it's not like he's just out. You know, wandering the streets, running into the side of buildings. Somebody's helping him out, <laughs> like a like a Roomba <laughs> popping up against a chair. A chumba, yeah, it's, it's a like chumba, a chumba now. I thought he was a hostage, like in the room you were trying to see that we never really saw yeah. in too. Right. I thought for sure he was going to be held hostage. In there. I did too. Yeah. Well, well, then where do you think he is? I think he's back at uh, Janella's house. He's got to be at Janela's house. Hopefully. Hopefully or wandering the streets house. like a chumba. Which we'll get to later, but one of the reasons Shaft wanted to go to Janela's house rather than back to the keep where we just escaped from. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll put a little pin in that because I have things to say about that too. John and I did have an argument earlier this evening, by the way, about it all of this. It wasn't an argument. It was me telling <laughs> you the right thing and you just weren't agreeing with it. No. <laughs> I think the listeners, just like myself, could pick up on that. But... <laughs> <laughs> So you found instead, you found metal dogs and toy soldiers. Sure did. Barely an inconvenience. Other than the fact that most of us were close to death. Yeah, you know, yeah. like... That, that was the bad side. I had 11 hit points or something. Yikes. I didn't realize how low you all were, but... Uh, that's the brakes. <laughs> that's what it means. <laughs> I'm probably jumping the gun, but like I legit thought Mia could have died. And she really could have. Slava saved me, right? I thought Balzern was going to bite it, actually, because he was down pretty low. Yeah, I was under 10, was I think. two failed death like saves already. But you're all very fortunate that our good buddy, Ape Zarin, came to the rescue. <laughs> I got to be ready with uh, the rest of your ape names, just in case they were out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did write down that the glass larium at the top of the knowledge center is fireproof, according to Falzron. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Uh, so we didn't want to go up the top, it's right? So we went down to the to the level below. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Glass breaks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think the plan, at least from Shaft's perspective, was to go down to the floor underneath throw the grappling hook up, climb up, and see you through the glass dome or whatever. We I don't think we even knew what it was a glass dome at the time. May, oh, yeah, we did, because we'd been up there. And see see who was there, because I was really looking to see if Grimby was being held hostage, like we all believed. Yeah, I pictured him tied up in there, yeah. But then when we saw the, uh, what's his name? The Tenorman. Dude, uh, Tenorman was up there. Uh, I think Shaft's thought was, think of him like in a little bottle. Bust a hole in it, throw a fireball in, and, you know, boom. You got it figured out, right? Unfortunately, uh, Falzerin was near death. So uh, we got to use the, the uh, drag the I can't climb a rope. <laughs> that was terrible. It's like a DC-5 to get up that rope. And he rolls Come like on, a drag. Well, fortunately, he cast that. Uh, Wall of force. Shield spell or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before trying to climb. Almost like he knew he was going to fall. Yeah. 
Because wasn't that a redo? Like after you knew you were going to fall and you decided? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, <laughs> I tweaked what happened. Because like at the time, he fell and I let him do it <laughs> as like a reaction. We had an argument about that too. <laughs> so... We had a big argument about this today. Oh, I went there for the original recording. I'm like, why are they pointing? (laughs) Drake went in and she cast this down and and then he climbed up the rope and he fell on it. And I go, no, that's not what happened at all. Leland knew he fell and decided to do it and we just edited it to sound. And I wasn't there for the original recording, so I didn't know that. I only knew what I heard on the podcast. Very adamant about it. And then I go, (laughs) fine, let's go listen. And we listen and I'm like, that's not how it happened. Because she wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess well, I'm wrong. Then I did a pretty well, good job of uh, you did a good job. it in. <laughs> well, yeah. The most important thing to, to note here is I was right, Emily. Was uh-huh. that the main point uh-huh. of your argument there or what? That, the first argument, yeah. Oh, the first argument. The first. What? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Here's my thinking and justification for doing so. One, in the moment, I let him cast... Fall of Force basically as a reaction like you would Featherfall, which isn't correct. So he wouldn't fall four stories and die. (laughs) (laughs) So so my main point is, think of the intelligence that Dreg has as a wizard. Same even with Falzerin and when Bill is role-playing as Falzerin. Both of these two characters have intelligence much higher than myself or Bill. So it stands to reason that they would be able to utilize their spells in a way that as a person, I may not immediately jump to because of the height, the heightened IQ that both of these characters should theoretically have, just even based off of what their stats would end up being. So that's kind of how I just justif- justified, like, Dreg, I mean, Dreg's, there's no way Dreg would climb up a four stories out on a rope being the man he is without, just because, without Protection. having, yeah, without having a, a you know, a, a failsafe. He had hatred in his heart, though. He really wanted well, to go up and kill that's them. That's actually a good point, too. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that's fair, though. Like, if if I were a spindly little weakling wizard who's not good at climbing, if you ropes, were, or wait, and I no, like, if I try and put myself in their shoes, and I lean out the window, and I'm like, if I fall, I'm dead. Right. Um, and I had access to Wall of Force. You better believe I'd be casting Wall of Force. As like a safety net. Wouldn't it be nice if there was floor there? Well, hold on. (laughs) Bada bing, bada boom. (laughs) So that's how I I justify it anyways. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I also didn't want uh, rules corrections from Ian. (laughs) 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 Thanks, Ian. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) So instead of being able to climb up and fireball... The room you instead uh, discovered a dragon. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Bill mm-hmm. said, "We're now officially playing Dungeons and Dragons." <laughs> That's right. Yes, that was a good line. <laughs> I can't believe it took so long to get some. Dra- I mean, it's not even an actual dragon either. Like, does it right. actually really count? It's like a. Have we been like in a, a dungeon though? No. It's a construct. I, yeah, I feel like true. I feel like we're good. We can scratch that one off the list. No need to. Yeah, <laughs> so good. That's not a real dragon. That's, that doesn't Bill count. doesn't like killing dragons. It's true. Well, and we also got the jaw line. It's also okay to run. Yeah, that's right. yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. People Mia forget doesn't that. like that though. E- even as as DMs, they sometimes forget. Even like a group of goblins, they don't always fight to the death. Yeah, right? two or three of them die. 
That's exactly how Thuff joined. <laughs> and and a good adventuring party will know when it's time to run. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that's we always the hardest thing I, I find. You can never bank on your players running. Even when it's as so obvious to you that they'll run from this. They won't run from it. Just <laughs> yeah. don't right. build your encounters around thinking they're going to run because they won't and you'll TPK them. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, right. That's like 101. That's DM 101. Yeah, I've I've definitely heard that anecdote before that like as a DM, don't bank on your players running from an encounter. I mean, you got to look at it like what your character would do. If you're faced with something that's obviously going to kill you, you're going to go. You're going to you're going to at least hide. I feel like some of the characters around here wouldn't. I don't think Shakara and Mia would run. I don't think I so never really thought about running. Let's be Aldrin honest. Would. I think you have to be smart enough as a character to know okay. that they're... No, I'm, I'm not saying as a player. I'm saying as a character to know that this thing I am not going to beat and I will die. I think the difference for Shakara is, is there somebody to protect? As long as somebody else is there that could potentially get hurt, she will stay and fight. I can. But if everybody that. else has run, then she'll run. Yeah. Mia's a little bit tripping on her power after that right. kraken so but there's even a point in time where mia would say i don't have any spells left i'm not going to stay here with my sword and try to stab this dragon yes eventually I know I'm dead. but it yeah it would take a bit for her to get there yeah yeah, yeah. shaft on the other hand will run in two seconds well no i think i think he's he'll stay as long as he thinks he has the advantage but once well, he, feels yeah. he doesn't have the advantage that's what out. i meant yeah Oh, and even in that fight, Shaft maneuvered around to give himself continued advantage during the combat itself, too. While exactly. you you did attack, you more or less tactically retreated from the main room, and it allowed it opened up the the battlefield, and it let you control uh, more right. or try to control what more of the enemies did. It's a tactic, right? Funnel funnel your enemies into an area where you can take them out one by one right. if you can, or or in this case, the dragon. Put him in a disadvantage. And then the dragon had the great tactics to put you all in a line right in a window. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's what that's a DM's job. <laughs> what a jerk. Dragon is such a jerk. Yeah, Falzrin, walk to the window and help Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do I wrote down, Bill said I'd like to roll for cover in a corner. John said that's a free action. And Elena said, isn't that called blink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Leland, you make a valid point about Falzern being more intelligent than me. <laughs> Let's just say that. So in future episodes, we could go back and retroactively have you do smarter things. Right. <laughs> it makes sense. The magic sense. of editing. Yeah. Well, the dragon you encountered was apparently very charming. Mm-hmm. Or you all are very unwise. Yeah, either or. <laughs> I have very high wisdom. Hello, Claire. I think that's honestly what... Still got charmed. I yeah, didn't get I... charmed. Yeah, you did. I did? All of you did. Everyone I failed knew... to charm. I was going to say, I knew Shaft and people were like attacking me. And you smacked For Shaft really good. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, I I threw Hunter's Mark on you too. I was going to take you out if I could. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's what... That's what added the challenge to that fight i think like if you had all saved it would have it would have been easy right like right. a dragon would uh would have went down quick i mean with the thunderstorm outside and the, you know fireballs that drag hurled at it 
channeling divinity 50 hits at a time two rounds in a row like that's a huge chunk of that dragon's hit points right like mm, it was yeah. it was near death after you, you guys beat the hell out of it poor dragon <laughs> poor guy. that's the challenge right for a dm right if you have one thing that we're all hitting we're doing a shitload of damage to that one monster rather than a whole bunch of we've talked about this before but, of course yeah but it's really tough for you to be able to balance the danger because it can you do a lot of damage and so can yeah. we but yes. you don't know how that's going to play out and it came yeah. very close right but to the to your credit as players the way that encounter was crafted and the way i had tried to predict uh where and when it would take place it, i i compensated for that because had you went to the anchor room you would have been dealing with the soldiers tinnerman and the dragon all at once but because of your smart play and rp you were able to mitigate that for at least a couple of rounds, right? Mm-hmm. Where you you allowed yourself using your strategies to reconnaissance, right? Basically, that's what also kept you alive. So that's also great, great playing as well. Yeah, if we if we had been in the upper room, that would, um, that would have been a lot. Oh, worse. we would have been dead. And I don't think that I realized that he had that planned for us until he said after recording, like. If you guys would have been all in that room, you would have died. Like, I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> yeah. thinking that well, in the moment. You, you did say, do you think we could all die? We could all die. <laughs> yeah, I probably did. Sounds well, I, about I, right. Like I said, I think Shaft from a character is always trying to look for how to get the advantage and how not to attack directly. Mia as a character is more, got my hammer, I got my lightning, let's go in and do this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's what makes this party so interesting because you have to balance all of those things. And some in some instances your approach is much better. In some instances the sneaky sneaky approach right. is much well, better. Well like pride comes before the fall sometimes. Like one of these right. times Mia's going to think she's got it and get swamped, right? So I I also I think like the the might that you wield is a good fallback for when Shaft's approach doesn't work either, right? Right. So that it is a two-pronged thing you, the party itself has going, really, especially with Shakara and me up front. Like, whatever they're hitting on is going down so fast. Yep. Once I get my magic sword. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> magic, magic, magic. Falzrin went down, and then Falzrin came back again. Yeah. And Falzrin was going to do something. And Leland said, can I expose it for a moment before you come to doing something? <laughs> can I get that on a t-shirt? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Ape Zarin was born. That was fun. That was I dope. Really enjoyed yeah, that. that was awesome. And that was the end of uh, 112. Feels Ooh. good to be beefy, eh? I've always been, well, I've talked about this before as well, but I've always been reluctant to use it on Falzerin because that makes him into a melee character. And once he drops to zero hit points, he's now a wizard up in melee range, which is bad news. Then you can blink. Yeah, blink. Yeah, hopefully. Maybe. Yeah. I think I think you used it mainly for the hit point bonus, right? Well, I was almost dead anyway, so like I had no other choice. Yeah, you rolled you rolled a natural twenty on your death save and came up with one hit point. So yeah, you would have been went went right back down, right yeah. underneath the dragon's maw. But uh, yeah. you could you could blink yourself and then polymorph yourself. I mean, it would take you two rounds to do it, but... But I... Uh, yeah, you're right. I could. But then 
if you're being going to be a giant ape with a huge hit load boatload of hit points, what's the what's the point? Yeah. Well, I mean, it would it would keep him around a lot longer. Right? Like that would make him even more OP than he already is. True. I'd never thought of that. Oh, Leland. <laughs> that, no concentration gonna... on that blink just makes it so good. That's crazy. Yeah, it's so it's nuts good. that it just fires off for what is it, ten rounds? I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah. yeah. For so for once on an after party, Leland's giving us ideas. What? what? That must be feeling <laughs> charitable. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, 2021. Maybe maybe that's the way this year will go. <laughs> Everybody gets one. There's yours, Bill. <laughs> well, 2021 is not the year you put sleeves back on, I see. So, you know. Not yet. No. <laughs> when hell freezes over. <laughs> and Bill promptly forgot that suggestion from Leland. <laughs> Write it down. As he does. Write it down. Okay, session 113 is called Critically Rolling. The dragon and dogfight continues. Yeah, this episode was bonkers, the amount of crits. Totally it was bonkers. Ridiculous. Yeah, let's see. Where did I Even write that I down? Even I finally had one. Didn't John, didn't you John roll twice, a, I think, in that episode. an With advantage, advantage roll and mm-hmm. both of them were 20s? Yep. I did, and I took a picture of it and posted it. The <laughs> odds of that are like, well, that is amazing. One of, uh, Wild. One of the toy soldiers did the same thing and both were once. Or two attacks <laughs> and both were once. <laughs> so yeah. we were fucking all over the place this episode. Yeah, the dice were with us on that battle for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Leland said, no, Emily, we are rolling great. <laughs> Elena said, it's true, she's cursed, she's cursed. Yep. And Bill said, she is the secret sauce to the bad rolling. <laughs> I made stand feel by what so I said. loved. I don't think we even need to talk about this. I think anybody that watches any of our streams knows that this is the case. It's just the facts, Emily. <laughs> we love you. But... That's right. Was it was it in this episode that Elena was like, Fudge Muffin, Emily? <laughs> yeah, I might have. Yeah, yeah. I said Fudge Muffin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not usually one of my go-tos. I mean, of course, like the three of you were in this fight, you as players and characters, having no fucking idea what or where Shakara is or what's no happening idea. to her. Right. Like, yeah, pretty cool. That Abe Zarin took out the dragon. That's right. I remember, I think Bill was, Abe Zarin was underneath the dragon at the time. And I I can't remember. I was, my plan was to run out and try, I, I was trying to come up with some way to, to, to get, to circumvent that, to give him an opportunity to, to get out. I can't remember what it was, but I thought he was dead. I really didn't think there was much way out of that. Because when Ape Zarin goes down, then Bill's dead, right? Yeah, I was in a very, very dangerous um, situation and dangerous location. If things had it went differently, it could have been very bad. Because you were low on hit points as Ape Zarin too, right? Um, I Not did get, yet. I got took down eventually to, you know, um, I still had a half decent amount left, but he took a fair bit of damage. Oh, okay. But Mia went down. Yeah. Uh, Maybe because I was worried about myself, I was never worried about uh, Falzern. <laughs> Whoa. The Abe's Aaron smashed a mechanical dog to bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alstoff came out of the uh, upper room and saw what was going on and 
recognized Shaft and sent his toy soldiers after y'all? I remember what I was trying to do. I was I was thinking about how the manacles work, but I was thinking of backwards. Oh, right, right, right. My plan was to to jump on, grab one of these things, go over the the side towards right. as I'm falling, and then shoot back up to where Mia was to be able to help. The and, uh, we that, could. I'm glad I didn't actually do that. Right, like we could change who wears them. Like Mia could be the one on, but it makes the most sense that you tend to be at a distance and I tend to be melee and I would want to snap out of melee, right? Absolutely. But we could, I mean, we could discuss after this fight, switching That came in handy already with the Kraken fight. But I think that that, those manacles have come in really really handy. This don't work the way I thought they were. Yeah. (laughs) The way I was thinking at that time. That would have been nice to go both ways. But yeah, and then little Alstoff coming out. Yeah, I wanted to, well, I think you'll get to it, but I wanted to to take him down, but I didn't want to take him out. Yeah, you guys wanted to take him hostage. Yeah. I wanted to rip his limbs off. Well, you didn't want to rip his limbs off. Sir, I wanted to tear him in half. I don't remember my memory, because I haven't listened to it since it came out, but wasn't it my idea to keep him hostage? And you guys thought that was weird for me, but I I thought I was just I was good with it. I was just Uh, being smart, I thought, but I don't know. Maybe it was a poor character choice. Does Isabella, what, I mean, think of the value he has to her yeah. or to Samuel Coltis. I mean, huge, huge bargaining piece. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I didn't actually, my intent as Apes Aaron, I wasn't intending to actually rip his arms off, but scare him into thinking that I was going to. You but wanted to like Gumby him. Yeah, it <laughs> didn't work Armstrong. near as well when he was not awake for me to do <laughs> I'll intimidate him. <laughs> <laughs> you intimidated too much. <laughs> I mean, he could build mechanical arms, right arms for himself. Intimidated too hard. It's he'd be cool to be like a mechanical man, you know. Hybrid. Yeah, but that's the age-old question: is what comes first, losing the arms or building the mechanical replacements? Mm. <laughs> I mean, replacements <laughs> first, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. You better get. You better think ahead on that. That's the, yeah. That's the chicken <laughs> the egg right There's there. Some <laughs> body parts laying around your shop just the, in case. The age. Old question. <laughs> so I just checked. Um, Ape Zarin got down to 60 hit points. Oh, dude. Which is, fine. which is still a lot, but he starts with, I think it's 157. I wasn't worried about him. Oh, my gosh. He's a beast. You were fine. You were fine. Yeah. I'm very grateful that Slava was there. Like, if Slava wasn't there, me is dead. Yeah, he gave you that health potion. I got you back up. That's nuts to me that I almost lost two characters in this campaign, and I love Mia. Please don't. Did you go die. down on that one? Yeah, I had two failed death saves. Yeah. Oh. She and then died. he gave me a potion. Died, died. I was literally like sweating at the thought of rolling that last d20 again, like before, <laughs> right? Like. Not again, not again. I not know. like this. I not really. Like this. It felt very stressful. <laughs> It was, a, it was a good fight. It was a good fight. Because we don't know what Slava has. Like, maybe he didn't have a potion. Leland made it happen. Not going to question that, but... Don't. Don't peek behind the curtain. No, I don't want to know. Just, we don't talk about it. Oh, man. Did, do Tritons have pockets? It was in his swim trunks. Tritons are <laughs> they, have flesh, <laughs> they have flesh pockets. Yeah, Tritons are marsupials. They have uh, <laughs> they got a flesh like pouch. A, it's like a mermaid skin. <laughs> Male tritons carry the young just like seahorses. That's right. There you Fanny, go. Fanny pack. He keeps building. a vial up his... Never mind. So on that note, you hear a knocking on the door. Knock, knock, knocking on the chamber door from down below. Which is never good. And we cut back to Shakara. 
Emperor Shakara. Now, can we? Can you talk about anything on the Shakara episode? With yeah, we were allowed to listen, right? Uh, no, I didn't listen. Oh, maybe not, I didn't. Not to the stuff with Shakara and Izzy, but this section of her. There was one line that they probably shouldn't hear. Okay. Well, the benefit of having zero short-term I memory don't remember. is that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure I didn't listen. Basically, I left the keep. And I was going to run to the Knowledge Center because that was the last place I knew Grimby was. Mm-hmm. And okay. along the way, I saw Salardos uniting the wizards, saying there's still an enemy on the island. And he was headed towards the Knowledge Center. So I thought, well, that must be where you guys are. Mm-hmm. So I tried to run ahead of him. And I got to the door and it was locked. And I tried to ba- bust it down and it was locked. And somebody said, there's a door around the back. So I ran around the back and we busted that door in and I ran upstairs. And that's the end of 113. Such a good one. I genuinely felt for Shakara while we were playing this. Like, I felt so bad. You left me. Why? I know. Why Poor would well, I, I'm going to examine this a little bit. Why would Falsrin feel <laughs> so bad? This was the other argument. No, Bill we had. felt bad. What was Bill what felt was bad. the that's hold important? On. What's you said the that. basis of the argument that you have? Th- this. <laughs> <laughs> that we shouldn't feel why, bad. Why do Mia and Falzarin trust Shakara? Why exactly. should we trust her? Why? Why do they? Yeah. And actually, maybe we should wait till the end of discussing one fourteen yeah, to talk I, I about it. I want you to. I want you to think about before you say that everything that transpired in the keep. Yeah, like I'll. I'll I will um, concede the point that it might be a little bit illogical, but I still felt bad. It's because Shakara's hot. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And dragonborn boobies. <laughs> Physically and literally Those on fire. scaly boobs. All that cleave. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I think you've you've got to, like, you're not off base, John. Um, there, have been, there have been some things to suggest that maybe Shakara's, um, there's a possibility that she might have some ulterior motives um, or, you know, that there's the, there's the possibility that she could be a little bit susceptible to unlimited power. Uh, exactly. I, I think the difference between you and the situation you were in with Isabella is you were put in a situation where you had no choice. Yeah. She has a choice and she's choosing it. And she's saying to everybody in front of her <laughs> that she's willing to choose that. Our Our goal going into that keep was to take out Isabella, but that was not the time to do it. Our plan was not to go there and do that right then. We got put in that situation. So Shaft said, let's get out of here. I think I need to refresh my memory. But I don't think it's totally unreasonable that... Or, sorry, go ahead. Well, as far as I know, do does Mia and Falzerin know that she joined the coven? She didn't we'll say it. We'll talk about that in a okay, minute. Okay, yeah, we'll get we to talk that. about 114. Right. But I need to listen to the keep again, the part where you guys are there before you teleport out to see what exactly I said. I don't think I said... You didn't commit, for sure. I will join the coven. So you didn't commit. We run into you on the stairs, and then you try to vouch for us and help us. That's why in the moment I trust you, because from what Shaft said, I could kind of... I know the type of character Shaft is. He admitted to... Leaving you there as an inside person, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, in that moment, to trust Shaft or to trust Shakara, and she's vouching for us in front of soldiers, like... Yeah, yeah, but so in that moment where Shakara arrived, with the mob behind her back, 
well, the only thing keeping them at bay temporarily in that moment. Shaft's lie. I could I could see Shaft saying, "Well, this was something she and I worked out." Completely playing into that uh, at the moment, obviously, right? Like I think Shaft yeah. sold it well enough for on Shakar's behalf without even really trying to. In that specific instance, really, Shaft's too good at his job. It boils down to who do you trust, right? And and I can see how you might not. I can see how Falzerin would, I would think, I would think, and this is just me, I'm not telling anybody how to play their character or anything, I would think Falzerin would believe, with his experiences with Shaft, be a little more on Shaft's side than Sakara's side, especially since just probably three or four days before, Keck and Shakara would right. basically wanted to kill him. But yeah. Shakara has saved his life several times, too. Do you think there's any empathy towards the situation Shakara is in, though, where he might feel like she feels just like he did? There's no choice. But there's but there's a difference. But is he there, though? He didn't have a choice. Yes, because in, in the key, I don't she... think there is. We left her alone. You don't know. You don't know what Isabella did to me in the keep. That, I don't. If I had a choice, or I'm not. just saying. What's the difference between Falzer and being kidnapped, being alone, and feeling like he had no choice? And what he was we strapped did to, sh- to a table and told if he didn't do it, they'd basically kill him. Shakara surrounded in a keep full of people. No, Shakara said, "I'll join your coven." To, if you take again, off you of don't know chest. that. I don't think she you said, said that. It, you said it in the keep. I don't. You remember said what it I said very in the keep. clearly in the keep. You said, "I will." Join the coven if you take this off of his chest. And he said, we had a conversation about the other sisters. Can we replay that? Because need, we need to pause and replay that. Because I don't remember hearing that. There was... Well, it well, may I'll not have been well, verbatim, but it was, I think there was something similar to that said uh, by Shakara. And it was more so, from my perspective, it was more so her saying, if need, if need be, if that's the only way that she'll let Falzerin free, I will take his place sort of thing. She is did. how I remember it. It wasn't like, oh, goody, I get to join the coven. It was yeah. last I mean, resort. It, it it's it's a difference. I think there a there's difference a difference. There. We were going in to kill Isabella. And before, before it was all done, it was, hey, I will become one of the sisters, essentially. Okay, well, in Mia's perspective... You're, you're simplifying it. Yes. I'm just telling you what Shaft believes. Mia doesn't fully heard. trust either of you, but Mia does believe there's more coercion to it and that Shakara, deep down, wants to do the right thing and once joining could still turn on Isabella. I mean, Isabella turned on her own sister within the coven, right? But I will say yeah. he left the option, Shaft left the option open of, if she comes back to us... And she's truly not, and gives us information on what uh, Isabella is trying to do. Yeah, which then I maybe did. she's still on our side. Which I did. Yeah, maybe she's still on our side. Maybe, but that's still better than just saying that we shouldn't feel bad that we left her there. Because I really do think that it was very heavily implied, but not committed to that she was joining this coven, and then we left her there helpless. Yeah, you can say it's a choice. She was pretty dang helpless. I, yes. stu- I stand by Shaft's How is she, she going to sprout wings and just fly out of there or turn invisible? <laughs> like, there was no way. I, 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 don't think, I don't think Isabella was going to kill Shakara. She wanted Shakara part of the clan, a part of the coven, and Shakara wants to Okay, power. so let's say Isabella did sedate her, subdue her, Shakara tried to run, because you don't know what happened, and right. then she joined the coven. Yeah. Like, we should feel bad for her. Okay, I'll feel bad for her, but I don't trust her. 
You don't have to, but the whole the argument was we should feel bad for leaving Shakara, and I think we should. Hmm. Okay. That's <laughs> okay. all right. Session one fourteen is called Bound. Bill, Bill, what do you think? I'm trying to, to stretch. Right, yeah, Bill, was... be quiet. I want to. I want to get. I want to get this out. Just to. I'm, just to I'm know. scared to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it all doesn't matter. It's great. It's great story, regardless of how this plays out. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, like uh, there's there are parts of me and I think parts of Faldron as well that see both sides and and are a little bit unsure. You know, I I think Faldron's probably more leaning one way than the other, but it, it is not words. I think Faldron is is thinking about his own feelings towards what happened to him and projecting yeah. that onto Shakara. And I therefore, agree. feeling sh- sorry for Shakara because of what happened to him, and also, and also thinking that, you know, if Shakara is is what she says she is, and her allegiances lie where she says they lie, she was pretty selfless in offering herself up to free me from this terrible situation, right? There's always the possibility that Shakara is playing that up, bec- and actually is more interested in power than anything else. And is kind of trying to trick us. Like I think Falzerin has considered and that possibility, and it's in the back of his mind. I mean, granted, if that's the case, we can use her for what we need to do. That would be very shaft to do, shaft thing to do. But yes, yeah, no, that's true. Me is not far behind from like literally in the keep before all this. I'm saying I feel bad we left her, and that she maybe didn't have a choice. But I was also pointing the finger and saying, this is the thing you just were saying is wrong. And now you're saying it's okay because Dendar, right? Saying what was wrong, right. Well, like she was saying, you know, we're we're blaming and wanting to kill Isabella. And then you find out Dendar's all connected and you're like, uh. Right, right, right. That's another good point. I know. It's all very (laughs) great. Session 114 is called Bound. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, like. You know, we discuss the length of Abe Zarin's back hair. <laughs> oh, so we're changing. We're changing the subject of what's happening. Yes. Move on. Yes. Moving right along. I mean, we're making great time. It's we'll, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll come. We'll, we'll hit on this again. We will. In the we last will come episode. back to this. It will come back around because this is when all this stuff happened at the end of this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Emily and I have already had this discussion. <laughs> Obviously, wow. <laughs> discussion. Yes. It was a heated debate. <laughs> Sounds like you guys discuss things the way Elena and I discuss things as well. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, session 114. Let's clap again. Session 114, damn it. Okay. It's called Bound. Bound. Bound, chicken. Well, bound, we got to ask. Leland, title. Why is it called Bound? Did someone join a coven? <laughs> Poor Falzerin. Yeah, Falzerin Alamar. <laughs> Bound to Alamar now. He had what? Three hours, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So we leave the knowledge center. Uh, Mia and Slava and Dreg rode down on Falzarin's Ape Zarin's back, Mm -hmm. and Shaft and Shakara climbed down the rope. And Shaft did a fancy little twirl and tumble at the bottom and impressed a passing wizard. Indiana Shaft, that's what, what I call it. It's <laughs> the first time I've got to use my whip. I, I'll, I'll say that the whips have been really cool 
in theory, but everything <laughs> I've come up against has been so much bigger than me that if I grappled it, it would just yank me towards it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, every time I go, I want to use these whips. Uh, not against a kraken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, an opportunity to use the whip to swing and, and be a little impressive to a passerby. Well, I couldn't pass up. How did I forget about the Alamar thing? Wow. Oh, yeah. Remember? Oh, yeah. Emily, it's your job to pop, pop in. There I was that. reading what I wrote to try and figure <laughs> out what it meant. What? What, what meant? Um, I confronted Shaft and Drag about leaving me, but deposit to deal with Salardos. Oh, drop it. That's what that says. Drop it to deal with Salardos. Um, Drag put up a wall so that we could flee out the window, and Salardos said, Take down this wall. <laughs> Bill, we got a problem with this Revenant, right? Revenant. Yeah, we sure do. You have done literally nothing to actually try to solve it either. <laughs> like, I know there's way more repressing <laughs> stuff that you've been dealing with, but, like, there's zero, like, ground to try to get them. It keeps rid of popping up, right? We, it, we, I, think we, I think we both think if we just ignore it, it'll go away eventually. Yep. Hopefully. But apparently not. Um, <laughs> well, I did call him out by name, and I said, Sardo, do not include these innocent people in your vendetta hoping that maybe people would take a second look at who they were standing next to and be like, why is she calling him Sardo and not Alamar? But apparently they didn't pick up on that. Why would they not think, who's this crazy dragonborn calling names that we have no idea who she's talking to? As opposed, I, like, why, why would they lean one? No, I, I, I totally worth a try, but, like, why would they lean towards? Because we were the ones that saved the city, and some of them saw us doing such and maybe would recognize that alimar's been the one running the city for centuries right but, like, there's and a, i guess there's he hasn't really been acting off in saving the city they didn't us. know that behind the scenes alimar was going to become a lich and all this stuff we didn't like broadcast it right yeah. but but yeah. the fact that alimar was leading them to attack the people who just saved the city maybe that would give them pause if i called him by a different name well you did initially say alimar and i said that's not alimar and you said, I know. Right, and I should have been calling him Sardo from to the start. To me, it's like the only two people that would know that is, is Falzern and I. Yeah, I didn't. Right, and I do explain that to you later in the episode. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying at that point in time when you said that. Right. Hey, who knows? Maybe Shakara did plant seeds of some doubt amongst some of the Heracleonians. Possible, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was my hope. I didn't expect them to com- completely stop. I was just like, Mom hey, immediately turns on Salardo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we go down on, we ride down on Abe Zarin's back and we get to the bottom and Drag makes four of us invisible. And he was going to stay behind and expect the other four of us to run off to escape these people that were chasing after us. And I said, I'm not going to leave him behind and he should come with us. And there was a great clip cut out of that, that if you're a Patreon person, you would get to hear. true. <laughs> that was probably one of the funniest things I've so heard in good. a long, long time. It's our longest <laughs> pooper for sure, because it's three oh, different wow. instances we've reprised yeah. it. The, <laughs> so these back-to-back recordings. So like session 114 was like a single instance of recording. And... <laughs> That was probably the hardest edit I've had in 140 We were super episodes. goofy, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we were, were yeah. messing around. Yeah. <laughs> Just ridiculous. 
It was fun. It's though. better than I when we're all pissed fun. off, though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so Shaft says we should go to Janella's house, and I say no. We should go to the keep, knowing I can get us out of here. My thinking being, we don't know if these wizards are going to continue to come after us. We can't take an onslaught. We can't attack them because they're innocent people and they don't deserve to be killed. We need to just run from them. And if we go to Janela's house, we could get trapped and not be able to get out without a confrontation. If we go to the keep, I can get them out, get us out of here. My shaft thinking was, I don't trust Shakara to take us right back to where we escaped from. Let's go find Grimby, and that's probably where he is. And even if we went to the keep and then Isabella was still there, Isabella never tried to attack us. She wasn't going to attack us. She was enjoying inflicting pain We're on little toys yes. she wants to play with. But she wasn't going to kill us. But the wizards following us potentially she, would. She said very clearly in when we were in the keep that, I don't have any reason to kill you. Exactly. Now, the, the inflection was on I... But there was other people, like people she's aligned with, like, what's his name? Uh, Sardo. Sardos. I mean, she would have no problem with Sardos killing Shaft in, in Falzerin, right? But she herself was not going to. She herself is not a threat. Either way, she doesn't care that he does, and he's aligned with her. She's still not going to attack us. Why would Shaft go back to somebody who's this aligned, is also part of the argument earlier. aligned with somebody oh, who's willing to just watch you die? <laughs> right? I wasn't saying aligned Let's with her. Let's just I mean, let John and Emily talk for out. another hour, and then we'll come back. I, I, I think <laughs> I think Emily and I have beat this to death. So I want to hear what Elena and Bill think about. Yeah, the but fact. we all didn't hear you beat it to death. No, no. But here's the thing: <laughs> we just summed it up right there, Bill. <laughs> Do you have a problem with this person being Isabella being aligned with Sardos, who is obviously wants to kill both of us? Yeah, super sketch. Yeah, Sardo wanted to kill you. Super sketch. Isabella did not. So running to the keep where Isabella was and away from Sardo was not a bad idea. We're just so <laughs> okay, screwed. But, <laughs> that's like saying, if you want to hand a known killer, you say, okay, this this person has killed dozens of people in the past here you go here's a knife i don't care what you do with it exactly no it's not because isabella was not trying to kill us by, by, <laughs> by her by what but what john is saying and what shaft interpreted is like by her you know the way she was speaking and she's complicit she would be complicit in their deaths yeah she wasn't going to stop sardo at all <laughs> and, and probably was, would enjoy watching she wants the, the to whole proceeding weapons but she's a okay, killer. So running to the keep where she is and sardo is not is not a bad idea. She's a Especially killer. Especially considering I have access to the portals and get us off the island. The portals is what sold me. Because to be honest, I was like, we're not going to get arrested anytime soon around here. But Mia was very concerned about her promise she made to Grimby. And like how selfish she was to choose not to save him when she could have. And like, I was torn. But you couldn't have because we didn't it's have like, him. In my mind it's like terrible idea but possible rest because of portals and leaving the island like get the heck out of here and we can always come back through the same portal nobody wants to leave more than shaft yeah but but shaft wanted to get grimby shakar wanted to get grimby too but right then we were gonna die i mean the christmas yeah. special cleared that relationship up am i right <laughs> <laughs> so here's the other thing too what do your characters think about like the whole Janella, Tenchi, and um, who was the third? Hef. 
Hef. Hef. Ah, Hef, eh? Yeah. I can't believe I forgot about it. So, like, the three of them being instated as elders. Like, what do your characters think That's of that? That's very unusual. I very unusual. don't have any idea why those three individuals of all of Heraklion <laughs> would be chosen. Because Leland wants to mess with us. They were they were heroes of the battle. They people saw them flying through the air and and doing all they could to save Heraklion. I can only think that they're somehow being manipulated. Yeah, that's what I Same. think as well. Elena's like, oh great, Leland's just gonna do this and not even know why, but she, he's just gonna screw with us. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, believe me, I know why, and it's still me <laughs> screwing with you. It's still <laughs> <me> <laughs> that's exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't so, have so a good you guess. believe that they have no true power. They're just going to be another pawn that Isabella likes to orchestrate and manipulate. Well, of course, that's uh, all. That's what Il- Isabella's character is. So it's another reason to come back to the island eventually and, and save more people. So it's the, some sort of distraction of saved. where maybe Isabella thinks that we will think twice about whether she's good or not because there are fr- like I don't know. Exactly. I, I agree completely. I think it's a it's a ploy to be able to Okay, so you think it boils it boils down to optics is what you're saying. Yeah. It I, I think so overall, yes. Because they're trusted people. So it's to comfort us. For you or for all of Heraclea? Uh mainly for us. For us as well. So we I don't have I have a strong resistance. suspicion that, that the motivation behind it hinges largely on uh, Isabella knowing that we have some background with right. Her. It hinges on us because mm. Tenchi was running a freaking underground illegal thing. <laughs> so like that's exactly. that's not really good optics for the people. Like you know this guy down by the bay or whatever. Like down by the river. Exactly. <laughs> right, and and also Salardo was putting on a front as well, right, with the crowd they had gathered in the keep and all that stuff. So it's all playing into some type of show or, you know, performance that Izzy's behind. Is that what you right? Like she's the- she's trying to manipulate us, and if anybody knows how to manipulate people, dude, I mean, Shaft. knowing Leland, it's John Sh- Shaft. Shaft. <laughs> knowing Leland, this whole time he's got us focused on Isabella, coming back to Isabella, coming back to Isabella, just for in chapter three to. S- Pull out the rug from under us, and it's someone else, and something else, and blah, 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 blah. I mean, let's get into this episode, right? This episode we're talking about here. We're going to have- I've been trying for like 20 minutes We now. have the Niyogi. Now we're supposed to align and help Isabella and Samuel Colsus, which in chapter one and chapter two are the big bads, and we're supposed to help He's out. always said, are we the good guys? You- to 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 your character's perceptions, they were the big bads, but like absolutely right. So so yeah, I that's what I have to go on. Yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> that's funny, Elena. The four you could have killed Isabella on any or tried to at least yeah any number of she could she could have been long dead. She could have been I dead know. chapter one, right? Like so we've I do finally convince you to go to the keep and go through the portal with me and. We try to go to the cave north of Zexa, and we can't. The way is blocked. So we go to... Because? Because Gozer <laughs> piled stuff up in front of that portal a long time ago. <laughs> Oops! <laughs> so what else does that tell you as players, though? 
She has Izzy Isabella hasn't been back, hasn't back there. there in a exactly. long time. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Her little layer there. It's more or less abandoned. There's a bunch so of little hands and one. fingers still running around in there. <laughs> I called them. And that one is covered in dust, so she hasn't been back there in quite a while either. Right. So, but we, uh, in the one in Goldham, Falsey tells us it's where he got his scabulet. Mm-hmm. And they know that, and they know of other portals they've been to. All the books are gone. Everything yeah. doesn't look necessarily the same way as it was last time we were there. So, like, Izzy's just going around and making portals and then abandoning them. Because of Shaft's mistrust <laughs> in Shakara at this point, would you guys be mentioning the other portals that you've seen that Shakara and Mia have not? Or would Mia just be oblivious then to... That's all you've seen in it. I think that was actually a bit of the conversation. It's like, well, how Mm -hmm. many... How do you know about so many freaking portals? Well, like, Mia didn't see Erica's lair. Would you have told me about that, Shakara? Who, like, how would I I know? I doubt it. The only person that would have said anything about that would have been Shaft or Falzerin, because they're the only two that got out alive and are are still currently alive. Oh, right, right. You met her after. Right. So, again, like, you're probably keeping that information to yourself. Shaft is not going to give you any information unless you ask him. And then he might. Yeah, if it serves him, he will, right? But so right. If you're trying to convince me to not trust Shakara. On the, the portal in Erica, Erica's Coral Learn, it was it was modified. It was different. Yeah, there was a different symbol. It had six-pointed star, purple glowy stars on it, too. Yeah. Oh, that freaking dam with that symbol on it. Man, it feels like forever. There was some conflict there in the coven. Yeah. Yeah. Right? There still might be. Well, we have no idea about uh, Jessica yet, but uh, Erica's not a problem anymore. (laughs) (laughs) At least we believe. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Death doesn't mean you're done. (laughs) So where did we end up after (laughs) Goldham? anything. (laughs) So we we get to the cave north of Goldham, and Mia flat out asks if Shakara joined the coven, and I said... I did what I had to do, but my alliances are still with Aspara. Mm. Which, I mean... And I said, I don't believe Izzy will try and go after Falzerin at all. I don't think she... He, she doesn't even care about him anymore. What about the He's rest of us, though? I don't think she has any reason to come after any of us. The only one she cares about is me. I think Mia took that as a confirmation you are in the coven, but Mia this whole time is all about joining you guys to fight... Fu- like, her whole thing was to protect Aspara. So, I mean... Neogi. In Neogi focused as well. So, I mean, that sentence right there saying my alliances are to protect Aspara. As soon as she said Neogi, you went over to Shakara. I know. Shikara. Yeah. And, but it's so, yeah, so then I told you all about how... all The whole plan, I told you. So how I long said, have I been with the party? Like two weeks? Ten days? Seven? I spent a year hunting down Neogi. You know what I mean? Like... I thought it made sense as a character to be intrigued by that. I think you as a character are all about the Niyogi. This other stuff is just something that came up. The Kraken and everything else came up in your in your quest. 100%. And it was good to not be an alone adventurer. Like, I obviously encountered more and have learned more in the last couple of weeks with you guys. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as you heard Niyogi, you're all about that. Well, because I literally went from town to town and bar to bar asking about Niyogi and no one had heard about him, right? Or like knew exactly. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, I'm I I think one hundred percent you would be wiped the Niyogi. And I out. think I would like Mia's pretty open. I think she would have explained to you what she was looking into. 
But, you know, there was a lot happening right away when I joined the party. I think I think you're looking at a situation where you have, where are you aligning yourself with? The nuclear war, uh, you know, the United States versus the Russians versus, you know, you're, you're, you're where do you go? Do you go to uh, Isabella, who's obviously been, you know, not a good person to follow, or Samuel Colstus, which we really don't, cultists which we really don't know much about other than he's raping the land right so not good or the niyogi who's trying to mind control everybody is it is it good to align yourself with with another evil to be able to wipe out the other evil it's interesting to think of it that way because i i do think that mia would she knows the power in some of the backstory with the niyogi I don't know that she would consider fighting the Niyogi lining up with someone else evil to take care of an eagle. Evil. She would think, oh, we're the good guys then. I kind of right. think, yeah. So, Mia, th- so Mia, you mean you mean anybody against Niyogi is an ally of yours, regardless of... Mm, like, more than it would have been. Like, I definitely would second guess wh- anything Shakar is telling me about Isabella and stuff more than I did before that information. Because I would think to myself about, like, the Niyogi and all that I know about them and think, wow, well, Heracleon, maybe we need those weapons. Maybe we need, like... Right. Because it's because from your perspective, the greater evil is a Niyogi. Greater evil than Isabella or Samuel. Or the first evil in general, too. I'm not saying that I would all of a sudden be like, oh, I regret killing the Kraken or something but no, it's giving me pause for sure. I don't, I don't know. Mia's easily swayed and young. I don't, I don't know that she's like considering Isabella an ally or considering her evil. It's humanizing her in Mia's eyes of like, she realizes the threat that I realize. So does Mia, does Mia not think that allying with Shakara makes her aligned with those that Shakara is aligned with? Mia would probably choose to view it as more of a, like, Shakara worded it. Like, I align myself with saving Aspara. Mm. And I don't I don't know what that means. I haven't really thought it through, but... I, yeah. Bill, you've been pretty quiet. I, I'm curious as to your thoughts on... We've got these three factions, essentially. You've got the, the, the Coven. You've got Samuel Cultus have been around for 30 some odd years raping the land looking for something and then you've got the Niyogi where do you where do you fall Falzern doesn't like any of them really and he's not excited about potentially having to make a decision to ally with one of them in order to defeat another one of them that may be a bigger threat but still he doesn't want to uh, get sucked into Samuel Coltis or the coven, you know, he just finally got his way out of the coven that he was never actually fully allowed into, but yeah, it's bad. This is, this is bad. Mia would be like, why was Isabella sucking the life out of Falzer and blah, 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 blah. Well, she just wanted him to do something that he wouldn't do. Like, so no, it's not great that she was sucking the life out of my friend or putting my other friend in a tough situation. But at the same time, like, Mia is definite. her mind is changed partially or thinking twice 
about what to believe and who to believe because she has, in her mind for a year now, thought about Neogi as bad guys. And I never said we should trust Isabella. Okay. Well, and I actually did say we could go get the armor and we don't have to turn it over to her right away. We can look at it ourselves true. and see what it is. You did say that, but I don't think... I don't think... I'm not all in with Isabella. I think we get the vibes of that, but whether we believe it, right? Right. Shakara's still trying to do what's best for Aspara. And Shakara did come back and tell you the whole freaking plan, so you should trust her because that's what you wanted her to do. So I guess I guess the question would be in Chaff's mind is we go get this armor, we give it to Isabella, we defeat the Neogi, then what have we done? Right. Then we figure Saved out the Aspara. next step. <laughs> That's what concerns Falzer. We beat down the next threat. The way I see it at that point is you've accomplished the goal for your, what, uh, what's Benefactor his name? Dundar. Yeah. Dundar. Dendar, and her. Dendar. Sorry, Dendar and Isabella. And now you have become uh, one of the problems that we have to deal with. Maybe. That's the way I'm, that's the way Shaft is looking at it. I definitely don't like that the towers and what I've heard of the cultists are, like, destroying the land. I'm pretty dang worried about the Neogi, though. But part of the whole plan is to depower the towers. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you going to pay Shaft to do that? Well, that's something we'll have to talk about, isn't it? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I really don't care about the towers. I got an amount of money that I'm going to get for putting those down. Maybe if you sweeten the deal, my alliances will change. So, are these problems becoming large enough where even Shaft can't ignore them in his eyes? Like, is there a point where, like, you know, Shaft can no can just no longer turn a blind eye because that doesn't suit his best interest? Because everything's fucked if he does, right? Like, if he doesn't do something, everything's fucked right now, and that's the <laughs> I think that's the biggest uh, the thing that Shaft's frustrated with is. No matter what he does, it's it's not going to be to his benefit at all. So the best thing, you know, in his mind right now is to alleviate himself of all these problems. Why risk his um, life for something? Is surviving and not being mind controlled to your benefit? I think so. Yeah, like a, would an existential threat be enough for Shaft? Because I think but, the Neogi pose that live as a, To live as a slave under one of the other two rulers doesn't doesn't also benefit no. him either. No, right? Which one is which one is the worst? That's the thing that that Falzern is very concerned about. Like that, we now have these incredibly powerful weapons that exist, which weren't a problem before, and it's it's pretty worrisome to the thought of leaving them in the hands of someone. I who... mean, wouldn't you want those guns to shoot down the ships from the yeah, Neogi? Once the Neogi are gone, what happens to the weapons? Exactly. Yeah, that's true. And can Titterman create more? Sure. Why or does not? he need drag? Or does he? Yeah, does he need drag? Drag hasn't been back to the island in like ten years. He's aligned himself with Samuel Colsus. He was building all kinds of stuff for Samuel. Yeah, Tenerman was. Tenerman, yeah, we yeah. found that out. Well, yeah, right. the ability to make them into weapons seemed to, in my opinion, happen at their creation, which means Dreg was there. Dreg knew about the threat. Yeah, did Tenerman need the shield? base built which drag did before you could turn him into weapons like could he recreate the whole thing again without drag without drag i don't know 
Because it was Dreg's magic that powered the whole thing. Because Tinderman doesn't power his creations. Something else is powering them. True. He right. just creates them. Yeah, but Sh- Shaft did see five of his soldiers hooked up directly to the anchor, the new, the newly formed anchor as well. Although I don't, like, obviously that wasn't explicitly said to Shakara, though. Um, but Shaft mm-hmm. did explain that to Falsey and, and Mia for sure. So Tinderman's yeah. found some way to power the anchors, right? Where I guess was Dreg's way was more magical, and now Tinderman has found a way that's more technological, I guess, for lack of a better term. How easily reproducible is that for Tinnerman? I mean, essentially, we're put in a no-win situation. We have to back somebody right. to be able to get rid of one evil, and then we're going to have to turn our alliances on the other. Which, by the way, Leland, fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's great writing. So, so like, how did we end up? Where do we leave it off? Well, we had this whole discussion, and then Falsy Falsy kept having this cane pop into his hand, Alamar's cane. So he decided to uh, investigate it. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to say, Shaft, if you need something to sweeten a deal, I have a really (laughs) magical cane (laughs) that you could have. That's something that before we get too far into that, this. well, let's finish, and I'll, I'll comment so on that. So where are we ending Sorry. the episode physically? In the dusty golden one? Well, we're still yeah. in the yes. in the cell, and that's when it comes up that... You're taking a long rest at the end of the episode. Yeah. And and then Alamar starts talking to... We all hear it through Falzrin. All right. Yes. And Alamar essentially says, you are now bound to me. He was, hey, Alamar didn't like it any more than Falzrin does. Oh, yeah. He was that's, a little bit disappointed when he realized who yeah, it was, wasn't that's, he? <laughs> that's the part that I found really entertaining. Bill is just, oh, poor Leland, Bill, like. Oh. Hey, like like Dreg said, it could have been Dreg that had tried to figure out what it was like. You could have yep, handed it off to Dreg. Right. Well. Well, there you go. There's There's your other evil. A lich. So, do we yeah. use Look, a lich? Look, a lich can, in the can, making. I, can I ask you, what <laughs> did you think it possibly could have done when you went to identify? This is something that you, I mean, granted, you were told by Geneva that if Alamar was to have something that would serve as a phylactery, it would probably be his cane. Right. But what, Al- and then you also saw Alamar did try to use it to summon his shield guardians that you had dispatched already. But what, Al- like, what do you <laughs> think it might have been able to do? I know Mia was like, it's maybe it can heal me. Point it at me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that was I absurd. I thought maybe it had some spells stored in it or something, but I Yeah, okay. I wouldn't have thought they'd be healing spells. 100% Bill was like, this is a magical wand that I've always wanted. I yeah, I honestly wondered if it was something along those lines. It, it had some ability to cast spells innately or via being charged or something of that sort. You thought it was I good. Obs- I I th- you know, I thought there was the possibility that it might be his phylactery, but I also thought that... I thought it'd be empty if it was a phylactery. Right. Because he didn't I thought go through with the he ceremony. He wasn't able to successfully do what he needed to do in order to create the phylactery and and inhabit it. I, th- I thought that he, that whole process was kind of hindered and prevented from happening. And he was dead, dead. So, right. yeah, you, you prevented him from taking the elixir, which would have transformed his physical body into a into the lich, right? But you don't know what he had or the progress he made on his phylactery. Obviously, that's clear now. 
that it's still capable of at least storing his soul. And he is saying, get me back to my body. So, but you don't know what, I mean, what do you think would happen if you reunited the cane with Sardo, with Salardo right now? It's going to happen. Yeah. He's looking for us all the time. That's his single purpose. Could Alamar's spirit push out Sardos' spirit because he has a better claim to the body? <laughs> who, who the you hell look, knows? On your right butt cheek, I know you have a mole <laughs> shaped like a wand. That's my body you're in. That's my wand mole. <laughs> I don't want to find out. Yeah. Well, okay. So I will tell you Poor that Bill. had had Falzer not been an ape, you probably would have found out in the knowledge center. <laughs> right, but because oh. everything on Falls, he was transformed. It was so he was hearing oh, kind of yes. the weird echoes way in the back of his mind as he was in his ape form. But if you had been in your regular Fallsy form, who knows what would have happened in that knowledge center? And I mean, obviously, I know what would happen, but that's actually what <laughs> at, at the time I needed to take a second to pause, of like, okay, wait a second, he's an ape right now. What do I do with this? <laughs> Um, so that's actually kind of how it resulted. Now you're bound to the spirit of him. <laughs> that wasn't the original plan. I'll let me tell you. That was that was just like, <laughs> well, this kind of makes sense that this happens now. <laughs> the worst possible union ever. <laughs> okay, let me ask all of you. Let me pose this question to all of Bill first, I suppose, but all of you. Do you think that there could any be any possible upside of having Alamar and Alamar's knowledge? with you now at all times oh 100 100%, 100%. yep if he's willing to share with us right yeah and work it, with us yeah, is he a friendly really guy who doesn't on. like me much yeah but how much like you literally have the ultimate leverage over him right can we kill him? he can't do anything but try to convince you to take him to his body so we could just ignore him shaft would be a lot more successful i mean do we align ourselves with a lich to be able to get rid of the other evils Seems like a terrible plan. We've never liked Alamar. But oh, uh, uh, Mia, Mia, if the Lich guarantees that she would get rid of all the Neogi, and all he wants to do is rule Heracleon, how do you feel about that? Somebody else's problem eventually. The the thing that I am unsure of is so we destroyed his elixir, which would allow his body. Basically, it's it's the final piece of the puzzle. Um, you need a phylactery and you need the elixir. Okay, so Falzerin, like, I mean, Falzerin, you know, you, you one, you per, you made it a point to find information about it, and you found some info in Alamar's secret library about liches in the process. Like, you know that, like, the elixir would have basically was the key to unlock the power that would come with lichdom, right? So you know that you, Falzi would be able to know that a, reun, a reunification with Alamar's spirit and Alamar's body would not result in a fully formed lich because he still has yet to go through the ceremony of night taking the elixir. So you know that is at. still prevented, but you still what I mean still. But he still has that happen. goal. If if you if you put his soul back, if you put his soul back into his body, um, and let's say you know that happens that you that reunification goes smoothly and he's now alive again. Um, that's going to be his, he's going to be single-minded in, in trying to achieve that again. So it's just creating another problem. Mm, but him and Isabella might kill each other. So someone could 
kill the other one. Ooh, I that's a good point. I doubt it. I think they would probably work mm. together. Well, unless Isabella wouldn't give up control of I don't think so. I think they're Heracleon. anti each other. They both want to control Her- Heracleon. But Isabella could probably be convinced to go somewhere else to control a different part of the world. No, Isabella's not going to be told what to do. It's that island is special. Yeah, why? We still yeah. don't know why. Why? We're never going to know the answer to all these questions, even when we're done. Oh, yes, we will. <laughs> I have faith. It's not how Leland works. <laughs> the after the very left episode, we're like, okay, Aspara chapter is done completely, then Leland will tell us, maybe. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. He likes the mystery. Isabella is an arrogant bitch that thinks that she controls everything, so much so that she just treats us all like we're little play toys. Plebs. And I think she felt the same way about Alamar. But if he becomes a lich, wouldn't he be more powerful than her? I would think she would have to respect that power. She would be forced to respect that power. I see her more as like a bully. Somebody that likes to pick on little people, but if somebody bigger comes along, she's going to run. So problem solved. We just wait till uh, Sardos comes to us. We let Alamar go into his body. We don't have to worry about the Revenant anymore. He goes and kills uh, uh, Isabella. Assuming Alamar can kick Sardo out of his body. Then is it, then Alamar can take care of the Neogi for us. I don't think he would. Done. I don't think he would take care of the Neogi. <laughs> as long as the Neogi aren't on Heracleon. <laughs> it would never work out that smoothly. Yeah, I don't think there's an easy, smooth solution to uh, our multitude of problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does Falsey want to do about the phylactery? I mean, you could potentially try to destroy it the phylactery try to find a way yeah. how to how to destroy it. it would take some immense power to do so but you you could right i think it's kind of a bit lower on the list of his problems right now it's just it's a it's an annoying nuisance that's going to harass him on a daily basis but <laughs> I, I think i even say in the episode imagine trying to sneak up on somebody you know you're walking around be quiet that's what are you doing, Falzerin? Yeah. <laughs> we all heard Alamar's voice. It wasn't just Falzerin. That's what I mean. Alamar can make noise yes. when we're trying to be sneaky sneaky. Alamar can cause all kinds of problems for us. Yeah, that's true. Well, leave the stick somewhere else. He can't. can't. Doesn't he can't. work like that. Oh. It, he it did stow it in his right back to my hand. bag of holding. You, you put it in your bag of holding. But he still talked after he put him in the bag of holding, even on another plane. Well, was that Leland making having fun or was uh it's canon now regardless of what i was doing yeah either, either way <laughs> it's not canon that was the whole point of Shaft what's that bag of devouring bag. where's that bag of devouring that we yeah we need to find Ooh, that oh that would be perfect right yeah First, we didn't get it you guys had bought where that. is it can we go back and look it's missing now <laughs> After the Battle of Heracleon. All right, we're going I'm shopping. Sure we can go destroyed. To magic, magic, magic. I'm sure we'll have one for a very fair I price. I need to write mom and dad for some money. Because <laughs> I don't have money. <laughs> can they e-transfer in the Sparrow? Bags <laughs> of devouring have went up tenfold. <laughs> They're and we know bad. you don't have any money. <laughs> That's right. You know how your remnants are running around? <laughs> <laughs> one. <laughs> Although there are... St- Doppelgangers out in the right. bag. Oh, God, we haven't even talked still. about that shit. <laughs> yeah, there's 
There's a whole nother Have you been adding all the new to... stuff to your whiteboard of confusion and the... I wiped no. it clean because it, it got too confusing. It is, it is confusing, <laughs> and I wonder if Leland is actually keeping track of it all, or... Oh, I, I absolutely know he is. I absolutely know he is. He's had things planned for some time that we just haven't picked up on until they become clear. That is true. He's not answering. <laughs> no, that's not. Uh, he doesn't have to drink. answer. That is true. I know that is does. true. Yeah, yeah. You can tell the way the way things play out. Whenever he something unfolds, I'll I'll think back and I'll go, "You bastard! You had that. <laughs> it was there the whole time." That's right. <laughs> that's what makes him such a great DM. He he picks up on small things very early on. And plants these little seeds that we don't pick up on, and then later yeah, part on, of the problem's us. We suck. Well, I not necessarily. I just don't think you have you don't pick up on things because you don't know the whole story yet. Exactly. In his mind, he has the whole story. Right. It's like watching The Sixth Sense. The second time you watch it, it's not the same because you know exactly. And you pick yeah, up on all exactly. the little things. How do you know something has significance without context? Right. So, what's the significance of this? piece of armor that we need to get <laughs> i don't know what's the significance of the towers raping the land looking for this armor we don't even know that it's looking for the armor necessarily yeah. he's looking it's for the only, armor the towers I, are destroying the land I it could be two separate things he's looking for one last looking piece is the way i understood it that's right yeah and that's the and we happen to know it's an i know he's looking for this one piece and he has other pieces already. I don't know if he has the whole set, and this is the last piece. I did not say that. Oh, I said okay. we are set. We are going to go find this one piece for him, and he has other pieces already. Well, all I know is you're not going to find it without Shaft at this point and Mount Necrosis, or it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, Shaft definitely is an asset for that quest. So, I just have to figure out why I want to help you or who I want to align myself with. Magical cane, man. Just think of the Damn power. It. Damn it, Falsrid. Every time I get you where I can finally feel like we're a team, you get something slapped on the side of you that keeps I you... <laughs> I do kind of feel bad about how this played out for Falsrid. <laughs> I think it's interesting. And a little but bit should we humorous. feel bad? Let's argue about it for like 30 minutes. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... Uh, I mean... My three favorite episodes. My new my new three favorite episodes. <laughs> These are the three best episodes yet. <laughs> These are the three best episodes of Chapter Three by far. By far, <laughs> bar none. By a long shot. <laughs> In fact, it's uncontestable that these are the three uncontested best episodes. Best <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know what the hell you are going to. Like, what happens next? I don't know what session 115 is going to look like. Yeah, because we haven't played any beyond this. I think the four of us need to have a little Discord chat, and we'll get back to you on that. You do, yeah, (laughs) you should. Actually, we'll let let John and Emily hash it out at home. (laughs) 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 Well, as your car is mine, it's very clear. We're going to go to Mount Necrosis. And we're going to find the armor, and we're going to look at it and see what makes it so special. And then we're going to decide if we give the armor to Isabella or not. And I think Shaft at this point is, is and he had a moment with uh, Falzer and it said, 
I want to make sure you have my back if things go south here with with Shakara. That's the only thing he wanted to know, and he said, I will play along. Yeah, I think Falzern tried to make it clear that if Shaft picks a fight with Shakara, he doesn't he doesn't want to get involved with that. But if if there's if Shaft's being attacked without good reason or for the wrong reasons, he's not gonna stand by and not protect his friend. Mia? Well, did you? Where do you stand? Did you actually ask me, or we we just spitballing here? No, we're, we're <laughs> just I'm just asking you in the after party. How do you think Mia aligns herself with Shakara, Shaft, or Falzern at this point? If someone gets in the way of protecting Aspara, Mia's against them. Mia's alliance is all with protecting Aspara. Friends Fair with enough. you guys, sure. Defending the, you know, the defenseless, sure. But, like, again, like kind of Bill said, you guys pick a fight amongst each other. Like, I don't know. Niyogi was my objective, you know? As, as rough as that is a, of a character choice to make, right? No, I, I think it's I think it's great that we all are, are very weary of the situation. Oh, it's like anyone, like... I do think that after this situation and leaving Heracleon, does anyone fully trust anyone? I don't know. Maybe you and Falzerin. I mean, but but Shaft can only trust Falzerin so much because he's got an Alamar stuck to True. him. True. So, like, it's it's just a free-for-all right now where Mia... Shakara does not trust Shaft at all. Right, and Mia's never fully trusted Shaft or Shakara at this point. She's always felt like Falzerin tries to do the best he can. And, like, knows he aligns more good than anyone. But, like, I don't know. Alamar changes things. <laughs> like, it does. Well, you said you're going to keep your eye on him. Well, at this point, any conversation you're having with and you're having with Alamar. Uh-huh. Exactly. Alamar's able to probably listen to all of what we say. Uh, oh, yeah. If absolutely. we can hear him through the bag, he can hear us, is what I would assume. He said it very clearly that, you know, basically, you can't get rid of... The shaft, the uh, the staff. You can't get rid of it. You can't break it. You can't. You can't I mean, get rid of the are, shaft. You can't get rid of the shaft. All the right. staff. Yeah, I don't know, right? guys. This is just. It's like I hate these feelings of like, what the heck are we supposed to do? But I also love that Leland wrote such a good campaign that we actually have tough decisions to make. Oh, absolutely. it would be so boring to be like, oh, if this is the obvious thing to do. It's not so obvious in this campaign, for sure. I have nothing to compare it to, but... Well, to <laughs> me, it just feels like the chickens are coming home to roost. Really. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Like, for all of the decisions that have been made as a party with the various members, um, it's just like everything's just like finally... Well, because this happened here, that's why this is happening as a result. Oh, you stopped this from happening. That's great. So that's gone. But you didn't stop this, so ooh, this is why. And there's what, been and a the ticking clock. Yeah, you didn't stop this, right? Like, yeah. You said a long time ago there was there was a calendar or a clock ticking in the background, and there you had things events. that were happening yeah. se- separately wherever we were. And I've always kept that in mind that if we, that's why Shaft is always going, "Let's get going." Yeah, go go go. <laughs> we always have something that's happening, uh, you know, apart from us, and and I was always. My thought was, it's always the towers. Something's going to happen with those towers if we don't get back to them. Um, and, I mean, I don't know at this point, but I wasn't focused on the Neogi, but apparently... 
I mean, I think in this last episode, Mia's eyes are finally open to all the different things going on. She's been partially allowed into some conversations and knowledge, but it, it feels like I finally know the bigger picture while being completely confused on, like, what to do and what... You know what I mean? Like, I feel like maybe I think you guys are just finding this out for the first time, too. What Like... I think you just ask pointed pointed questions while we're while we're actually recording. Ask those questions like, "Did you join the coven?" And then you know if people. Are I mean, I guess I did. I don't remember, or, but I guess I did. <laughs> no, but I mean, you ask Shaft and ask Falzerin those those pointed questions. What do you know about the Naogi? Falzerin, have you been stroking your cane or what? Well, we all know that. I, I sleep next to him. I know what's going on. Why do you think my hands are covered in splinters? <laughs> I love it, Falzerin. I love it. No, it's more like, is that Alamar's voice? It's Alamar's voice. Oh, I love it, Falzerin. There you go. Falzerin. What do you want me to do? Oh, my gosh. Let's, this is a long after party. Okay. All right. Woo. All right, so I think that wraps up those three episodes, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. We want to chat a little bit about it. anything else that we have going on, the the one shot, the Christmas episode? Yeah, Elena DM for I the mean, first time. We don't time. have to talk about that. It's fine. I think we should. I think you did a fantastic <laughs> job and it was very fun. I had a great time. Me too. Did you enjoy I it, Elena? I wanted you guys to have fun and like not be lying to me about it. So, that makes me happy. It was no. fun. It was great. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I had a a lot more pre-jitters than I thought I would have had, but being prepared also paid off, and I felt like it was more fun once. I know the snowman combat was kind of quick, but it, it, it kind of helped me get out the, like, jitters and yeah. fall into a rhythm of just, like, going with whatever, and I don't know. There was definitely, like, first of all, credit to Jessica for helping me come up with a lot of the storyline main points and then Skelm for helping me like flush through maybe some good ideas for combat and how to do it and just sort of just talking about DMing in general. He did a really good job of helping me. But I do think there were things that Jessica and Skelm were surprised to hear because they weren't discussed. I just came up with it on the spot. So yeah, I agree with Leland where like you guys made my job easy at times like because as Mia or myself, I'm just always trying to, like, think of the next quick quip to throw in there. But you guys are just saying the jokes for me. Like, Grimby was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I do like playing Grimby, yeah. <laughs> I finally got my brothers to listen to the podcast for the first time, uh, listening to my one-shot. And they thought Grimby was the best. Like, just loved him as a character. <laughs> He's a good character. And I was yeah. like, He's I can't tell character. Leland. I'm going to... Inflate his ego <laughs> even more. Not like beating elves over the head. I, I really like it. <laughs> oh, God, that was fun. I don't know. Bill, yeah, Bill no, saw the prep really and the nerves at home, but I don't know. I had fun. I, I'm curious as to once you started, once the adventure started, yeah. how long did it take before it just fell into where you just were not worried about it anymore and just having fun? I think probably about the time that, like, Grimby was standing in the middle of the path and I had the Abominable Yeti pop out. Mm -hmm. Like, because I basically knew that these snowmen were going to have the hit points and the the AC that I wanted them to have. And that their attacks were basically going to be to whelm you and push you and not really damage you. And, you know, so that you are, um, 
what's the word again where you oh like if you were to run away you get opportunity attacks and stuff like that so I don't know. I did start feeling bad for Grimby because he was taking a beating. <laughs> but he also, like, single-handedly killed that Yeti. <laughs> so. Yeah, it took him a couple turns to get going, but. <laughs> and then for sure, by the time I was talking like Pepper the Penguin and changing my accent every five seconds, and <laughs> Leland and John started wrapping up the elves, bonking the elves, like, I was like, all right, this is going to be fine. Like, <laughs> maybe a half hour or more, but. I mean, combat takes a while. I th- I I really do think that Leland did a great job editing because it it makes in my head it just feels so slow and then when you listen to it back it's different it was very well edited so well I think generally for a live like for any live play podcast like I think for me is uh, personally listening the make or break is how the combat flows in in the final cut really because that is where the game stalls. Right. And my brothers were like, wait, so you're like rolling and coming up with these. And I was like trying to explain the edit. And they're like, that makes sense. Like, it just sounds so fluid. He couldn't even tell that that's what was happening. And that's that's where it's more story driven. And I liked that. Mm-hmm. I think also like for for me, like whenever whenever I play like a one shot, it's always so much easier, I think, for the whole table because you know you're there regardless of what character you're playing or their character traits, like you're there to do a thing. You're there to do the thing that the one shot is designed around. Like there's no real deviation. I mean, obviously there's a myriad of ways you could potentially go about solving whatever that end goal is for the one shot, but right. like it's the one shot. So the characters, the players should be driving their characters towards accomplishing that, which also makes it a lot easier on the dungeon master and the person running the game. It's like, I remember the, the one shot ending. And Bill was, like, congratulating me and everything. And and he's just like, I think I just don't like one-shots. <laughs> and I think it was easier because you played Falzerin, so you liked the character that you played, right? But wouldn't you agree, Bill, like, one-shots not your preference? We've, we've discussed this. Yeah, one-shots tend to be, uh, and this is with the caveat that I have a fairly small amount of experience, but they tend to have... a more focus on combat and riddles and puzzles which aren't my favorite things well i tried not to make it too puzzly because i knew personally i didn't like the puzzly i'm not trying to point fingers or or find fault with anyone who's done a one shot for us but i think that that's just what i don't i'm not sure how else you can do a one shot really like it doesn't lend itself to having a big character arc that spans over months and months like well, yeah like how do you how do you throw people in, a, in an empty world and say like explore and come up with something that's ending yeah. in four to five hours you can't you can't for instance what leland touched on is like there's a million different ways people are going to do things so i knew that the snow globe at the top of the tree would be discovered at some point and would be like the thing you need to break but how are you going to break it right so like the inscription on it saying like to spread Christmas cheer, sing loud for all to hear, was like, if you were to sing a carol in character, like, you would have broke the spell. Easy. Yeah, I picked up on that. that But no one was going to do that, and that's fine. (laughs) Um, The other thing, like, to get across the Butterscotch Brook, again, it's kind of bringing in some human knowledge of the Santa Claus story, but, like, the reindeer fly, you could have flew the reindeer across. Or you could jump on Grimby's back. That always works. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? That Six was, and then Six on the, the and on the spot being like, so Shaft finds some snow or something. I'm like, we're inside. So then I like, so on the spot making good. me tar and feather, like on the spot eating the milk and cookies, magically transporting you. Like that wasn't planned. The elevator wasn't planned. Like I just threw in the role play became so fun and sort of classic and corrigible party that I tried yep. to make more of those role play moments happen instead of just like. You get there. You go through the Candy Cane Forest at the end. It was like, oh, I'm going to bring you to a forking path. That's hilarious. That's incorrigible party. Like, <laughs> yeah. 101. Well, I mean, that's the benefit of you running the game for us that we've been playing right. for almost two years now. And that's also, you know, that that is the type of game that the all five of us like to play right. as well. The more RP driven stuff. I feel like, to Bill's point, on uh, a. a you know, a, a one shot in in a in a vacuum is going to be the the boiled down version of every element of a tabletop role playing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, in Dungeons and Dragons, there there is role play, combat, and puzzles. Like those are the three those are the three major right. elements, right? And when you have yeah. those that are that refined isn't the word because refined implies something positive i think in my you know what i mean like condensed condensed yes thank you exactly it's It's all just there and then again comparing it to our show we are obviously incredibly role play heavy and with 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 the the, these other three two elements sprinkled in when the role play either needs a break or when it makes sense as a result of the role play that is what i find is really what drives our combat scenarios because you know this I think we've we've talked about this before. At least I have droned on about this before <laughs> in an after party. That because I mean one because it's a live play show, but also one because I don't like necessarily having a random encounters table, even if we weren't recording. Like we don't we don't do that. You don't just stumble upon a monster out in the wild and fight it because for that day's session, let's throw in some combat so we all get because we can't even get a long rest, man. Like let's let's go <laughs> right, but like. I like the the plot-driven games or how I like to run my games. And I like every instance that can still be random, but to be able to be impactful in other areas other than, oh, we just killed the monster that we found. Right. So there were several important things that I think made it a success in my eyes, which was playing with familiar people that were used to each other, used to the characters – like I was nervous for the recording part, I guess, but then playing around a holiday that I was extremely excited to like create the world around that leading into the fact that I was excited and volunteered and said, I want to do this. Uh Right. Like it all just felt like it came together in a way that as soon as I was at ease, I was at ease because I was with you guys around a Christmas holiday where I know Christmas references all over. I could pull into it. Right. And I was, I wanted to do it. I think I think what I was getting at is a, as of somebody who's never DM before. If you were to give advice to somebody who has never DM before, to say you got to rely on the players to sort of take the reins a little bit and not have all the pressure on you as a DM to have to come up with everything. The players are going to it, it's part of their job to. Uh, drive the story as much as it is your job to set the setting. But I could play with four other people. It could fall flat and they don't do it. 
You're right. And there will be mistakes if I ever DM for people I don't know as well in a situation I don't know, a pre-written one-shot, whatever, right? But I feel more confident exactly. to on the spot be like, well, too late. You can't decide anymore. The train drove away. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just have to create some conflicts even to just push them to decide or make a choice. I think a lot of people would love to play D&D, but nobody wants to be the DM. And yeah, and to be definitely. Uh, have that fear of of failure of as a DM should not all lay on your shoulders. It should it should be the group that that does it to, to make the enjoyment of the entire uh, episode to be fun. And I think a great way to do that is a one shot to be able to get your feet underneath of you a little bit to realize it's not all on your shoulders. And I'm hoping that after your first experience that you come out of that going. Hey, you know, I don't mind. I would do this again. It was fun. And you know, I would do it again. I would do it in a heartbeat with you guys. With other people, though, yeah, let's go. And maybe I'll have to, like, work harder or pull back more or feel it out. But it's doable. And literally at the end of it, you walk away. I would hope, like, there was some part of it that was fun. Maybe you're not into the puzzles or the combat or whatever. So most importantly, now Bill's going to DM. Exactly. <laughs> Most importantly, S- silence ensues. <laughs> You're gonna DM a space-themed one-shot, okay? Pew pew. Yeah. There we go. I, I mean, I think, I think you uh, were spoiled, Elena, with your well, first. Well, it was. It made it easy to say yes to do it again, though, because you of guys, course. you guys and were so, lovely. So I think even, even comparing your uh, experience to Emily's experience when we did the clock tower. At that point in our show's history, even at that time, uh, I would say, like, just to the same the same reasons that you were saying, Elena, of how it made it easier, I think Emily could probably say the same, come up with the same reasons, right? And probably feel the same way, um, maybe a little more generalized. But at that part in our show, even then, we were all still young in the show's, like, the show was in its infancy with the relationship, the personal relationships that the five of us have grown and built upon since and also the way how, how used to Thanks, we all work to each other each other right each other's <laughs> role play at that time was still a baby we were still babies well time, and again we're playing new characters so, too where it's like is mcribbon a talker that's obviously also true. not that's like also true. bill didn't want to do an accent like there's just different things <laughs> <laughs> right but here is what john exactly what john was saying the five of us can always rely on each other because we are the four of you are great players. You are fantastic players because regardless of the character that you were playing with the flaws, ideals, bonds, uh, personality across whatever system you're playing, whatever your character you've built it, we still you still know that the characters need to drive the plot because many people could sit at the table as their character wait for the for the person running the game again system doesn't matter can they the they can wait for the game master to make something happen characters need to be able to make things happen and a good Absolutely. game master needs to know and feel out like you were saying if you were to play with strangers elena they need to know that when they can let the characters drive and when they need to drive mm-hmm. absolutely like that's that's a that's so much it that's that that's oh, literally yeah. what it boils down to. If you want to have a great game, that's what it boils. That's what the table needs to boil down to, 
And you, I think we are very, very fortunate in this group that we have a group like that. We don't, we don't have a single one of us in the group that is like the, the, the weak link for, again, that's, <laughs> that could be harsh if you may are listening and have a group where you could probably point to the person that is the, <laughs> is the player that sits at the table <laughs> and lets things happen and doesn't help to facilitate things happen. Or react or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I mean, personally, do I think I'll ever have some crazy campaign concoction with like this timeline of events like we're encountering in Aspara? Probably not. But would I, if asked by some close friends, like, do you want to play something? We need a DM though. Like, sure, let's go. Let's try it. Like, I feel more comfortable jumping into it because I was fortunate enough to play with you guys. And anyone listening at home, it's doable. You don't know the rule. Like, I was corrected several times. Like, just tell your players, like, listen, we want to play correctly, but... This is the way I'm going to go with it yeah, this time. Like, like maybe yeah. I, like, I find myself able to come up with a story, but yeah, do I have the DM manual memorized? No. So, like, let's all help each other out, right. get around a table, find out what's most fun for us, and focus on that aspect let's, of the game. Let's tell a story about going and saving Santa Claus. <laughs> right? I think the theme helped a lot. <laughs> I'm always really surprised when I hear fairly often um, people who have anxiety about DMing, it's because they're worried that they don't know the rules because I honestly don't care um, whether I know the rules or not. I, like that's that's so far down the list of things that I worry about I with DMing. You were going to say, <laughs> I honestly don't know the rules. <laughs> 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 I don't. I know some rules, but I am far from knowing all of them, right? <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> and I, I honestly don't care because the rules are there to help keep things balanced. But even in the absence of anyone around the table knowing the way a particular rule works that applies to a current situation, the DM just makes it a, a judgment call that's the most fair in the moment and you just roll right like you didn't kill a snowman but i'm gonna say you know he can't move anymore like it it just like came to me on the spot yep it felt more natural than i thought it would but i do think if i didn't prepare yeah like i don't know first time dms just prepare a bit i don't know yeah play it out i think you to your credit you did a very good job of of preparing like leland had mentioned spent probably like 10 hours you guys like you knew your you knew your bad guys very well. You knew their um, attacks and actions and all that sort of thing, and that can really stall things and slow things down if you're reading, reading, reading the whole time. Because combat can already drag, as it is. First of all, you guys thumping the elves on the head made my night. That was amazing role play, and I loved it. But one regret <laughs> is that when we got into the Mouse King, I sh I was afraid after the Yeti to summon swarms of rats too soon. But then without having other bad guys to split your attention, you guys were giving a ton of damage right away to this Mouse King. And all of a sudden he was like almost dead. And so I did have to like fudge numbers and try to swarm things. And like combat is hard to balance. I can mm -hmm. see where Leland even now, especially with higher level characters, is like how do you balance that? Like you just, you do it for years and years. Leland's done this for a long time. <laughs> Absolutely. But, oh, you guys made my first experience great. My cherry is popped. <laughs> no. I wasn't. I was just going to let it go. <laughs> oh, I had to.
One question from David Dave. Super McDad. Oh, I remember what he said. He said, how many times did you have to swear at your... How much swearing from Elena did Leland mm-hmm. have to cut out as she wrangled you jokers And do you in the think he cut out swearing in that one shot? No, he left it all in. I don't remember... Elena doesn't swear. I say fudge muffins, Dave. Okay? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Language, Elena. Oh, sorry. I don't know. I choose to have other words than the F word, people. It's fine. I, you know what? Um, this is way off topic, but David Dave uh, reminded me of it. I would just like to give a shout out to all of the lovely people who made New Year's Eve fun. And thank you uh, to all of those who had the initiative to suggest that we get together and do some some voice chats on the Discord server with, with a handful of folks in there. and Yeah. Video chats. Yeah, time. yeah. David... David Dave joined while he was at the beach with his kids, and we had... Made us all oh, jealous yeah. of his... We yeah. saw the fireworks in Copenhagen at midnight. That and was really like, cool. Incorrigibles, you listeners have made 2020 like way more bearable. Our Discord is constantly active. Um, oh, I just love our listeners. Yeah. it's It was very touching to me to, to see that. I wasn't able to participate or join for very long at all because i had to work but it's really nice to know that that was happening yeah it's a good group it was it was fun our yeah. listeners man i love our little yes. community community 100 percent. 2021 let's go i keep saying let's go visit cartridgeparty.com to join our discord exactly join our discord listeners <laughs> f- it's so don't fun don't fuck it up <laughs> <laughs> don't be a jerk no and ruin dickies. it okay <laughs> All right, we're hitting two hours, and I gotta pee really bad. So let's. I wonder just... why. <laughs> yep. So I, yeah. I, I wonder why too. All right. So I'm gonna. Unless you guys have anything else you want to say, I want to wrap this up. I just want to say I hope you all had happy holidays, and we're hoping for the best 2021 yet. Woo. Agreed. The best 2021 yet. Nowhere to go but up. That's true. All right. I've been John and Shaft. I've been Emily and Shakara. I'm Elena. I play Mia. I've been Bill and Falzerin. I'm Leland Steele. Happy adventuring. Wow, first try. First try. (laughs) Oh, I only saw a little bit of John's crack there. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) When he stood up, woo! Jonathan!